Last week, we talked about the gospel of Jesus Christ. This week, we talk about how to get saved and what that looks like. Church. Family. Theology. News. Entertainment. Evangelism. If it's Christian, then we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Podcast. Hello, everyone out there. This is the Mike Charleston Podcast, and uh, today I'm joined with my wife, Sarah. Hello, everybody. And I believe Larry's on the line. Larry? I am here. There he is. There he, we have to do this just because it's Larry on the Larry? phone. Larry? What are you doing? That's right. He, he's actually he's at his son's house recording. So that hey, so if you can see on YouTube, I put on this shirt specifically just for this this episode. I don't know if it can see it, but there. Okay, it says "Saved by Grace." But anyway, we are going to be talking about salvation today. How to get saved? We talked about the gospel, what a gospel wasn't. And what it is, and then we're, we talked about this this week. We're going to be talking about how to get saved, and so this is a very important, very very important episode. But I don't want to lead people on what we normally do in our episodes. We we probably about five ten minutes. We just talk about our life. I know people out there they actually care about this episode, uh, a part of the episode. Maybe they don't. If they don't, they usually fast forward. But anyway, so Larry, we actually. I always think that we have a boring week, and then we start thinking about the things that we've done. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. And, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. So first, let's see, which one do you want to go to first, babe? We'll do the hospital. Sure. All right. So, Sarah, why don't you go ahead and set this one up? Okay. So I went for a doctor's checkup and sitting in the waiting room with a bunch of ladies. And usually it's very just quiet when you go in a waiting room. Mind your own business. Everybody's usually on their phone. Yeah. But this time, um, it was very lively, and several of the ladies were talking back and forth, and so I sat down, and we're, all, of course, all spaced apart because of COVID. But, oh, um, sure. <laughs> anyway, it didn't keep everybody from talking. And so this one lady said, you know, she just started going off about, she's an older lady, I think she said she was 67, and uh, she said, I just, I really don't want to offend you people. But I just, I really got something to say. And she was like, I just, she's like, I don't know y'all. I don't know where any of you are from. But um, I got something to say. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. She didn't say it like that, though. No, not quite. Anyway, so she said, well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. She was like, this generation is just weak. Y'all weak. just can't handle much of anything. Uh, the women. Uh, yeah. Poor women. So anyway, it was just funny. I was like, wow, this is, it was quite lively, the conversation back Sarah and forth. Sarah actually so. had to, she, she defended me because she was like basically saying how something about. Men are just trouble. Right. Are, you know, and men. one lady said, oh, I got a good husband. And then Sarah was like, I, I do too. <laughs> I did. So That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, so, but it felt like a scene out of a movie or something. Yeah, the- not your normal hospital visit, which reminded me, Larry, of Andrew's hospital visit. <laughs> I was just thinking of that. <laughs> I was going to say something about it. <laughs> uh, you want to tell Andrew's, yeah. embarrass him a little bit? Oh, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> so a couple of years ago, he was going to get his pilot license, and the guy that was teaching him, knew a doctor who was also a pilot that would give a discount for the what is the FAA physical sure 
that you have to have. So Andrew's like, sure, I'll to save money, yeah, I'll go. But he didn't think to ask what kind of doctor he was. He just figured he was a doctor. So trouble right physical. there. Yeah. <laughs> so he calls to make the appointment. It's a gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is awesome. That is still so he funny. shows up to the appointment. And he's the, of course, the only guy <laughs> sitting in the waiting room waiting for his appointment his, to see the doctor. His appointment with the gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, poor Andrew. And he went oh, through with it, man. Funny. He did. Yeah, he did. That's uh, funny. funny. That is awesome. There, there, I don't really have many. I go to the doctor. I, don't, I hardly go to the doctor. But when I do... I just sit there and I, it's not very, there's no one talking really. And it, it's kind of boring actually, Pretty much. but man, you guys have some interesting stories of the doctor. It's uh, no, now well, last time I went, I, well, I'm like you, I don't go very often. Last time I went, I had tendonitis in my left arm. Okay. And I go to the doctor. He asks, of course, why am I here? And I tell him, he goes, Oh man, I got the same thing and it hurts really bad. <laughs> Well, thanks, I'm like, Doc. Hey, I know they heard that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's why I'm here. I said, well, yeah, what, what do you do about it? He goes, oh, really, the only thing is the rest. Uh, I'm like, great. well, okay. He goes, I can give you some pain medication for now. I'm like, never, no, that's fine. Yeah, thanks, man. Just, At least he didn't just say, well, that's just part of getting older. Yeah. Actually, Pam's brother actually helped me because he got a work the muscle in a different way and he showed me some exercise wow look at that yeah i'm like why didn't i go to you first brothers-in-law are important well he's a nurse he's been a nurse a long time oh he's a girl so i'm like no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding there's guy nurses my brother-in-law's a guy nurse i hope he doesn't hear that but <laughs> oh that's hilarious that is so terrible no oh I got a couple exciting things. Oh, sweet. So last week I said we were going to do our countertop, yes. which we did. It was a big job, and uh, it made a mess. Wow. I, I sent you the picture of Riley, what he looked like. Yes, he looked like you just beat well, him up. One of the things, so the dye, it's an extremely fine powder. So I'm mixing the concrete, and I said, okay, Riley, take the bag and, and open it and put it in the mix. Well... There's a, a razor knife right beside him. Instead of using that, he kind of rips it open like a cereal bag. box style. And of course, <laughs> just opens up potato chip yeah. style. And then poof. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was like, oh. But it, it, it was a mess anyway. We just, the stuff got everywhere. Anyway, I today I finished taking the edges off the, the forms. And it turned out really nice when I sand it, so I think it's going to look really nice. Sweet. Yeah, that would so, be nice. The other exciting thing is Pam bought me some new earbuds, and they're working really great. Damn. I'm using oh, them now. You're nice. using them right now? I am. Are they the fancy ones where if you touch your ear, it shuts you off? I don't know. I'm not going to touch my ear. Don't touch your ear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Not in the middle of the thought. They fit really well in my ears, so I don't really have And I have them on the, in the correct ear. That, 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 that does ear. help. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it makes a big difference. Oh, so. well, we are getting ready for Rebecca's movie. She's going to be starting start shooting on this Tuesday, yeah. and uh, so That's we're getting right. ready for that. Speaking of her movie, uh, they went to the church that they're going to be shooting a scene at the at some church. There's a vineyard church in town here, 
And what the guy that showed you around mm -hmm. evidently went to the same Bible college I went to in Minnesota uh, at the same time that I was there. He was a couple years ahead of me. Then he moves down here, works with the Chi Alpha pastor uh, for LSU, and uh, I actually lived with him for a little while. Kirk. So, and then uh, knows my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law. It's funny. I think yeah. we know everybody oh, around right. us, but we've never probably met. So we're going to meet Thursday, maybe. Yeah. And uh, so that'll be interesting. Oh, it's a very funny. small world. Yeah. yeah. Very he, small world. He, he said the wrong thing. He's like, man, we could go out and have some coffee. I'm like, uh, no, dude. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you can have some coffee. I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's funny. How far is that church from where you guys are? Oh, about 35 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Is that toward uh, Central? I think I know which one you're talking about. No, no. It's, it's out um, like South Baton Rouge. Is that what yeah, you call it? Yeah, it's nowhere near our house. It's uh, th we did okay. it be because um, a lot of the other shoots are going to be out that area. Right. So it's close to the Thornton's house. Yeah, oh, okay. it's closer to the Thornton's. Oh, okay. All right. No, that's not the one I was thinking of. No, 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 no. This is uh, this is one that uh, we actually thought about. We actually went to a couple of times oh, 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, the, the sun probably took over now. I, so, so long ago. We are getting so old. You are. But anyway, we're halfway through our computer problems. We still have our computer prog problems. We actually got our booter to work, but now we updated our computer and it crashed. It, oh, it didn't no. work. So I told Jeremiah, forget about it. We can just forget about it. Just forget about it. Forget about it. We, yeah. We're going to just wait until after some of these, the wedding is over, after the movie's over. We can wait. We can still use it. Um, we just can't use certain the things wedding. on it. Uh, I was wondering. I'm like, you just kind of passed by yeah. the wedding. I'm like, what wedding? Oh, Jeremiah's wedding. You didn't hear about that? <laughs> no, no, it's um, Sarah's brother's wedding. Um, oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get married at our house, so we kind of have to get ready for that, and um, uh, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, so anyway, this is uh, I think that's about it. We're gonna go ahead yeah. and take a break, but uh, the the gospel of Jesus is one of the the most important things that we can talk about, and how to get saved is so messed up and so complicated the church is complicated so hopefully we can bring clarity to it and just work we'll add to the volume of problems out there so we'll be right back you're listening to the mike charleston podcast Hey guys, thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you want to be a part of the show, go ahead and email us at talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. That is talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. Leave us a comment, a question, whatever you want to do. Uh, please participate with the show. Thank you. back I, I thought that was just a test and we're going but anyway the uh, i could hear the birds chirping back there it is springtime in louisiana already it was like in the 80s the last couple days it was really nice it dropped down i was gonna say not today not today it was a little chilly out it was sunny but it was chilly um but we yeah we i love hot and humid weather <laughs> i'm weird very it was it's hot and humid here it's really? hot too early can be this hot that's all right the, the wasps and stuff mm -hmm. start coming out, so I figured if we got another freeze right before it, it could kill them all, maybe. But probably not. Yeah, we live in Louisiana. You live in Florida. There's bugs. 
Yeah, fire ants. Those are the worst. <laughs> fire ants. I hate fire ants. <laughs> But uh, I've learned how to avoid them over the years. But man, when they sneak one, one sneaks up on you, like they don't mm, hurt you. But boy, yeah. you just get so upset when they get one gets you. You're like, man, it's annoying. It is. Anyway. So anyway, this is actually part two. If you haven't heard part one of this, which is actually the, the talking about the gospel of Jesus. Now that one we didn't actually. I guess we did present what the gospel actually is. In the life, death, burial, resurre- and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel in a nutshell. But go back and listen to the the previous podcast if you want a more in-depth view of what other people believe, what they add to it. Um, well, the gospel isn't the only thing people add when they finally get around to the gospel. How to get to that point, how to make a decision, how to you know choose Christ, how to follow Christ, whatever you want to call it, we we tend to really mess things. We make it difficult for people, yeah. and it's it's supposed to be an easy thing. Like getting saved shouldn't be a very difficult thing, and yet we have a very we we make it very difficult. So anyway, yeah. Well, when you look at the Bible, it doesn't seem like it should be difficult, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, so first of all, what is salvation, and like, what are we saved from? Now, Larry, you had you have a definition here of salvation, and it, it is, is this a dictionary definition, or did you come up with this? Well, I like to say it was me, but I uh, do. Okay. Dictionary.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> According to dictionary.com, the word salvation is a noun, and it means the act of saving or protecting from harm. Or another way of saying it is a source or cause or means of being saved. Yeah. So it's just pretty simple, straightforward. There you go. I mean, we, yeah. So then I get, that begs the question, then, what are we saved from? Right? I mean, uh-huh. so, Good question. so yeah. what do we need to do? We throw around that term, saved, and saved isn't really in the Bible all that much for salvation. I think we looked it up in our Bible study when I said it wasn't even in there at all, and then we were like, that's ah, like three or four times. Um, we like, there's different terms for it, like born again, being saved, I guess. Being born, you know, being born again is one I like to use because it, it kind of shows the picture of exactly what it is. You're being, you're born again. You are yeah. a, a new creature in Christ. So, uh, but anyway, what are we saved from? That's kind of the crux of the question here, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. How would you answer it? So, well, I thought you had something <laughs> you wanted to share on that one. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, we are saved from the wrath to come. We are sinners. We have sinned against God, we rebelled against Him, and we deserve death. And death is the last thing that is that uh, uh, needs to be conquered. And so that is what we're waiting for here on this planet. We're all going to die. That is just, it's all part of the curse uh, that no matter if you get saved or you don't get saved, we all die. And right. so our bodies, we're going to get new resurrection, new resurrected bodies. And we are, that is the, that is our hope, our, our hope that we have that we're going to get a new body up in glory. Our spirit and soul are already saved by faith. We believe that we are saved by faith. Um, our spirit and soul are saved. Our bodies are yet to be saved. Uh, it is decaying. It's rotting. Uh, we go to doctors. It, no matter what we do, it is going to die. But we have a hope that we will be resurrected and that we will get to live with Jesus forever. Um, so that's basically what we're saved. We're saved from hell. We're saved from damnation. We're saved from death. Uh, right? And wouldn't you agree, Larry? 
Right. Uh, it, it, this whole picture, it goes back to the garden. We touched on this last week. And in the garden, God gave a command as a means to test them, if you will, in a more, to gain moral character and to learn obedience before they learned anything else. Mm-hmm. And they failed, just like we do, because we're faced with similar things. And you think about it, it's kind of weird. In the garden, it was just a matter of a piece of fruit. If you look at it, think of it on the surface. Right. But the reality is it's deeper than that because it goes towards the character of the person. And are they going to respect, like in Adam's case, was he going to respect God enough to follow his commands? Or was he going to go his own way? That was the true test. Right. Well, you say it was just a piece of fruit, but it was it was the only command. There was only one command. Right. Right. It was the only one. <laughs> So really, the command was bigger, in a sense, than just a piece of fruit. It was, do you trust me enough? Do you respect me enough to follow my commands? Or are you going to go your own way and learn by experience? Right. Of course, Adam chose to learn by experience, which was not what God wanted. God wanted to learn obedience first. And with that comes, you know, respecting the Creator and all that. Right. We're, but we're faced with the same things. And so... When that's why, what is it in First John where it talks about we're drawn away by our own lust? Yep, uh, James. And no, it's James. A, yeah. yeah, sorry, I knew it was back there somewhere, but but that's what we're actually when we talk about being saved, that's what we're being saved from. Adam, when he chose to go his own way and rebel against God, he lost the ability to become the son of God. Right. That's what, when our salvation now in Christ, we are given the power to become sons of God. We're adopted back into the family. That's our, and Christ becomes our means of salvation. And that's why I think the word salvation as being a noun right, right. is the means of our salvation. Well, and, and maybe, I'll, I'll try to stay on script here, but maybe at the <laughs> end we can talk about how were they saved in the Old Testament as opposed to mm-hmm. right now. But anyway, we, we can think uh, on that. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Dave. Yeah. So, so we do hear phrases in church mostly, but things like, I got saved. When did you become a Christian? I was born again. I joined the family of God. So what do these mean, and how does that happen? Yeah, we have all these different so. terminology that generally means the same thing, right? Right. Like, are yeah. you a child of God? Are you born again? Are you a believer? Uh, I got right. saved. Um, I know, like, to go on the streets, we try to, like, if you just ask people, are you a Christian? Everybody says yes. So we try right. to, like, okay, yeah. what about, are you born again? Because that's a little more like, okay, that's something. But anyway, they're all, they're all just these terms for we mean the same thing. In a way, it depends on the denomination or the group. That's but true. it because it, it, if you say once again, are you a Christian? You are going to get a lot of head nods yeah. and be like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a Christian. Yeah. I'm a believer. I believe I believe God exists and I believe Jesus. Yeah. Um, but are you a are you a born again Christian? <laughs> so you have to add something to it, right? Right. Are you a born yeah. again Christian? Um, so yeah, if you try, so, you know, what do all these mean and how does it happen? Well, we're going to get into that, but here we go. If you try Googling, which I did, yes, I tried Googling how to become a Christian or how to be saved. I looked up both and boy, you get some really interesting lists. You get a lot of interesting ones. Some of the the common ones that you would expect. Uh, we didn't go to any Catholic websites. We didn't go to any Jehovah witness websites. We didn't get it going any Mormon websites, but, 
uh, you can imagine what they say. But right. uh, but anyway, we have some that are like, uh, believe in God, repent, confess your sins, be baptized, and obey God. Uh, that's probably like Church of Christ. Sounds like Church of Christ. Um, yeah. Or no, that's Church of Christ. This one is. Uh, here's another one. Believe you are loved of God. Uh, admit that you are a sinner. Acknowledge your sins. Isn't that the same thing? Uh, commit your life to Christ, live a life of gratitude to God. That's a little, I like the first one a little bit better. It's like believe in God, repent, confess, and then be baptized. That's easier. This other one, man, that is, that seems a little harder. Well, when you say yeah. admit you're a sinner and acknowledge your sins, it's different because one, admit you're a sinner because they're just saying we're all sinners, like all admit have sin, it. but then acknowledge your sins and they like say you personal, need to confess your personal sins yes, to God. and then as, commit your life to yeah. Christ. And then another yeah. one was believe in God, admit your need for a Savior, confess and repent, accept God's gift. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here is another, this is the Church of Christ, you are... You hear God's word, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. Um, These are, you can find all, you have the four spiritual laws. Right. Uh, What are the four spiritual laws, babe? Uh, Number one, God loves you. Yes, he does. Which is true. Yes. Two, man is sinful and separated from God. Yes. Three, Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. And then four, we must individually receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Then we can know God personally and experience his love. Yeah, so this so. is um, I don't have the I, this is the edited version yeah. of the notes. I don't I I had my chicken scratch next to this one and I don't see it anymore. You left out a couple. What did we leave out? Well, one you left out. You need to go go down to the altar. But oh, the, well, that's right. a method. That's how well, that's how you get to oh, okay. where you repent. Uh, you raise your hand, stand up, uh, come yeah. to the altar. Right. Well, um, after, say a prayer. After these four spiritual laws, then it went into what do you do now? And it was it goes into you say this prayer and then you can become accepted or whatever right. they but call it. I wanted it. to back up yeah. the four spiritual so what people do here and and I'm just gonna go off here for a second. Um, but what people do here is they, they're trying to make the gospel and share it and explain to you what you need to do because a lot of people will will say, what do I do to become saved? Once you yeah. once you preach and you're like, well, what do I do now? Do I need to, like, what's the protocol here? Right. You know, do I get yeah. on my knees or how do I do this? And so we feel like we have to come up with some, some way. So the four spiritual laws are very simple. I mean, yeah. it's hard to argue with these things. Uh, the fourth one, though, we must receive and Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, then we can know God personally and experience His love. Um, you had verses on receiving, but I don't see those anymore. Um, yeah. But anyway, the you took them out? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the, the verses, there, there's a couple of verses on receiving. Uh, but here's, the, here's where I want to be very careful of receiving. Uh, Which because is it, like accepting. Well, yeah, so because I, that's where a lot of people will say, accept Jesus as your personal Lord right. and Savior. And I have a real problem with accepting Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Now, that sounds really wow. bad, and you just take that Ooh. sound clip. And it, wow. But it, you can accept a lot of things. Like, I have a trophy shelf. Well, I actually don't have a trophy shelf. But if I had a trophy shelf, here, to accept this trophy, and I just put it on with the rest of my trophies. And so that's what we have in America is we have a lot of people accepting Christ, and they just 
add them on their shelf of other things. They'll add them with Buddha. They'll add them with uh, their, the other things in their lives that are idols in their lives. And they don't actually change anything. They don't actually do anything. They just accept the fact that, yeah, I, I, yeah, I believe Jesus existed. And sure, I believe that he probably died for my sins. And that's about as far as it goes. And, and so those are where we have those people in America that we say are Christians. And they have no idea what Christianity is even Just all about. In name only. Yeah, Christian in name only. I think they call it Sino. And uh, but anyway, the so accepting is Jesus accepts us. That is the big difference. When we right, when we, yeah, it's a big difference. It's a huge <laughs> difference when we believe what He has promised us. He accepts us to the Father. He accepts us into the family, and we don't accept Him. He accepts us. And do we receive him? Yes, we receive him. One of my favorite movies, it has it in there, believe and receive, right? Mm. And uh, so yeah, we do receive him, but it's so close to accept that people just use those interchangeably. And I think they're different. Receive is a little bit different than accept. Mm. Uh, I can accept the fact that Russia just invaded Ukraine. Yeah, I can accept that. Doesn't mean i Believe right. it. I like it. I would, you know, <laughs> it's just, I can accept it. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can accept, but um, accepting him as your personal Lord and Savior is very open-ended. And it's like, well, what does that even mean? Your personal Lord and Savior. He's either Lord, he's not your personal. Uh, but anyway, right. those are, like you said, babe, it's, uh, uh, it's not about a prayer. And there's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. Where did that come from? Well, once again, we, we have a history of of wanting control, right? But we'll, we'll get into that here in just a second. But That's uh, an interesting question. I never thought about where the sinner's prayer started. Like, who started that? Well, probably someone like uh, Billy Sunday or um, Billy Graham with zeal to get people mm-hmm. saved. Yeah. Uh, right. And they don't really know what to say. And so you're trying to help them. So I think it legitimately mm-hmm. started, as like most things do, with good intentions <laughs> And then became a formula. And so this is the way I would put it, that the sinner probably should pray. But if I have to tell him what to pray, then it's probably not from the heart. It should sound jumbled. It should sound like it doesn't, because he's a new believer in Christ. He has no idea what he's doing. He's just, he's never prayed before to a God that's listening. So it's going to sound weird. Does he need to pray to be saved? No, but I'm just saying it probably is a good thing, you know, as... It seems like a natural response when you hear the gospel and you believe it. That you want to say something, to God. you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, it just, it, it just seems natural, but it's not that it has to happen. It's not, we're not saved based on a prayer. Right. So. Yeah. No one is saved right. on a prayer. And I think a lot of that, was that a horn? Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. It was. <laughs> Outside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, we're not saved on a prayer, Right. but it seems like it's only natural to give thanks and to give praise. Right. And uh, maybe if you had a time of struggle, like I did, you know, searching, and I grew up in the church and just trying to figure it out. And when it finally broke for me, it just, I, I wept. Now, I don't think everyone has to weep, you know? So this is the problem of making formulas. Like, it, this is right. the way it happened for me, man. So it has to happen this way for you. <laughs> well, and you, feel, and you feel like that because re- it was real for you and it brought tears to you and all this. So when you see somebody get saved without that, 
tears, the emotions or whatever you kind of question. Yeah, it wasn't real yeah. because it was real for me yeah. and this is how it happened. Yeah, right. So we got to be very careful well, not to, to judge based on our own experience. I can't think of an example in the New Testament where somebody prayed to be saved. No, exactly. Right, right. No. no. They were presented with the message, they believed it, and that was the act of their salvation. Right. Their their faith, all they had to do was have faith and believe the gospel, as we'll get into here. But uh, Sarah, right, so, here we go. So, all right, a little ahead of our okay. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you, why do you think that everyone has steps, like all these steps that I found? And I mean, it's just, it's out there. Everybody's got steps to salvation. So, so why before, do we do that? Yeah. Before I go off, uh, like I did earlier, as we were talking about this, I'll give Larry a chance. I, I'll take a little breather. Do you want me to go off? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, I will, because uh, I think the answer to that, uh, you, it's, one, it is control, but it, it, we feel this need that we have to do something. We have to do our part, and it becomes a religious work and not a, a salvation by grace alone through hmm. faith. We have this feeling that we have to show our worth or we have to do something. we got to do our part, but that's not biblical. So we come up with all these religious expressions, and that's all they are. It's just empty religious stuff right. that we do. And it's meaningless, and it doesn't save you. But it looks good, in a sense, and it also may, maybe in one regard make you feel good. I think of like the Catholic Church. They're great about this. They have their sacraments. You've got to go through all these steps. Yep. And it looks good. You have a, a formality about it, and you feel religious. But... In the end, you're just lost. The reality is the Baptist Church does, is not much different or some of the other Protestant churches. We all have, they all have their same method. Like in the Baptist churches, you got to raise your hand. you got to go down to the—I don't even know why they call it the altar. It's not an altar, but you got to go down in the front of the church. And, it's an altar, man. Don't you know all the blood? Yeah, exactly. And you got to— say this prayer and you repeat it and it's all these it's again it's like you said mike it's like good intentions but that's not biblical so, right anyway because I, I was actually talking to someone in ohio uh i think it was moses and not that moses and uh <laughs> and uh, we were talking about this because we were, we were just talking about the gospel and what it looks like and just giving it simple and he said but it, it seems like people need to respond in some way. They feel like they want to respond. And is it all right to have them respond in a certain way? And and I was like, I, I understand that. I, I think I understood what he was getting at. I feel like people do want to respond in some type of way, especially in a big gathering when one message is going out and a lot of people are hearing this message and they're just like, I need to do something. I need to go down there. I need to tell people that, yes, I want to, I want to testify. I want to do something, you know, and right. it, it makes more sense than if you're on the streets and, and then someone actually got saved. They don't like, okay, I feel like I need to do something uh, because it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's a little bit different. So because of the structure of church, it does change it a little bit. But I think, and, and for my part, uh, it's best definitely f for control. Uh, churches yeah. have a, the steps of salvation for control, 
Now, you might go, well, what do they need to have control for? Well, because they, they don't trust the Holy Spirit. People don't tend to look saved sometimes, and so we have to know what to do with them. And like, well, they don't really look like they're growing in the Lord, and and so we have to make sure that they're, uh, did they really repent? Did they, did they really, are they obedient, you know, are they, so we add that to, to the list of things. It's like, well, they, they say they believed, but look at their life, you know, so it can't yeah. just be belief. So, well, maybe yeah, if they, it's belief and obedience or making Jesus Lord of their life, you know, he must not have made oh, yeah, Jesus Lord, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. And, and so it's, when I say control, it's not to control the people necessarily, but it's to control the message. And so we want to make sure that it is going out there. And we want to see genuine salvations, uh, people getting saved, genu- yeah. genuine uh, believers. Right. And so that's what they're trying to control that instead of just trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to do his work. The biblical term, like Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's a great way to put it, because when you're born the first time, you didn't have any control over it. You were born and somebody needs to feed you. Somebody needs to, you know train you and all that and grow you up to use a southern term sure <laughs> it's, paul used the term he said we're you know i want to feed you meat but you're you're bathed in christ so you're still bathed right you need milk. so like you said so we put all these things on there the church does the institution of the church because we want to see something we want to i say we collectively right want to feel like they actually are saved but the reality is sometimes people have to have time to grow, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to work in them and to start transforming their lives. Right. Yeah. And that's, sometimes it just takes a little time. I mean, it, that's why God gave us the gift of teachers for those. The, when we are new, we can get grounded and we can start eating properly. It's for the edification of the church. And, right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's yeah. why those are needed. But we messed it up and made it really complicated, and it doesn't need to be. <laughs> yes, we have definitely added many, many things that the Bible doesn't necessarily—well, I should say, the Bible does teach some of those things, but yeah. in different right. ways, not for salvation. And and we'll get into some of those here shortly. Okay, then. So we see that some of these steps that people have come up with are off a little bit. So, so somebody has heard the gospel, and they want to get saved. What do you tell them to do? How can they— how can they get saved? How can they make sure that they did it right? You know, sometimes people worry that maybe they didn't do it right and they're not actually saved, and it's a big deal, you yeah. know? Yeah, that reminds me. Did you just hear about the Catholic Church, what happened? Uh, I mean, I've heard of the Catholic Church before today, but no, I didn't well, hear no, about it. I mean, just recently, they're, <laughs> they're going to uh, nullify, I can't remember how many hundreds of baptisms. Oh, I heard about this because some guy, <laughs> what, what did he do? <laughs> He, I, what is it? he didn't say the the right phrase or something. Oh, right. Wow. When he was baptizing yeah. them or something wow. like that. Yeah, when he was baptizing So yeah. all their baptisms are null and void, and wow. they have right. to go and redo it. It's like, because he didn't do it the right, he said it out, he missed a word or something. So, yeah. So anyway, what was your question here? What are your steps? So our steps. Um, we don't really have steps, but if you want steps, here are the three steps that we come up with. And these aren't really even steps, okay? 
But I put these here for a very specific reason. The first one is hear the gospel. You must hear the gospel. Now, last week we talked about the gospel. If you don't remember that, go back and listen to it. Check it out. But you must understand who Jesus is. You must understand your need for a Savior, or else what's the point? If you don't understand that you're lost, then you don't need to be saved. Uh, There's plenty of sinners out there that don't think they're lost. And guess what? They're not saved, and they don't care. And But you have to—Jesus came for the sick. He didn't come for the healthy. So if you are the one that thinks that you are sick and you are need a Savior, guess what? We got good news. Jesus is here. Uh, so th- you have to hear the gospel. And the one reason I mainly brought this one in was because there are Calvinists out there, and some of the extreme Calvinists will definitely say that you can actually be one of the chosen and you don't even actually have to hear the message. And I'm like, this is this is ridiculous. You actually have to hear. Romans is very clear on I that. I say Romans says, how can they believe in, if Unless they, they haven't hear. heard? So. Right. So you have to hear. That's step number one. Number two... You have to believe the gospel, and this is the key one. This is basically the only step you really need. This is the crux of being saved, is belief. Now, I know a lot of people at this point, what about being baptized? What about following Jesus? What about making him Lord of your life? What about All that stuff might be good later on the road here, but but to get saved, to be born again, it it takes belief. We're going to cover a couple verses here, uh, but it takes belief. Believing in Jesus Christ, the right Jesus Christ, there's there's many false Jesus Christ out there. There's many false gospels. That's why we covered the gospel in the last episode. And you must believe the true gospel, the life, the death, the burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and, and what part we play in that, that we're sinners and we deserve death and judgment. And Jesus came and took our penalty for us, took the punishment for us on the cross. And his job was that he went to the cross for us, but not only that, took us with him to the cross. So he doesn't clean up our life. He actually kills us. He crucifies us with him, and then he buries us with him, and then we are raised with him, and now we're sitting in heavenly places with him. We are in Christ if you are a believer. We are not in Adam anymore. We are in Christ, and in doing that, right. we get a new. we are a new creature in Christ Jesus, we are brand new. All things are new. We are no longer in the old. Uh, it's like I get my car fixed up like we did just recently. I got my car and spent like $900 on the brakes and all that, and we fixed it up. But it's not a new and It's going to need fixing up again. And that's how we treat Christianity is that we just keep going to church to get fixed up, fixed up. Jesus isn't like that. He wants to kill you. Because you deserve death, and the only way right. to life is to get a new life, and he's going to raise you up uh, as a new believer. So he wants to take you to the cross, and he wants to uh, crucify you there so you can be dead to sin and alive to God, be buried with him in baptism, and then, maybe I shouldn't have said that part, but you know, be buried in, with him in baptism, raised him in the glory, sitting in the right hand of the Father. That is the good news. That's what Jesus' right. part and- is. Our part is to believe that. And just yeah. believe that. Belief only. Just believe in what Jesus did. That's too easy. It is too easy. Uh, so we have a verse here, right, babe? I don't know if you wanted to go to this one, but you just keep saying it's just believe. But James right? 2.19 says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and, and tremble. And tremble, right. Oh, okay, yeah. So, they, so I read something they like that, too. and I think... 
I need more. Well, and this is where a lot of the denominations come in and say, well, isn't it? Well, let's read some of the other verses here. Uh, the belief is a really, really big part. Now, let's go to Mark 1, 15. All right. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That's where we believe. How about John 1, 7? This is, we're going to fire him off here, Joshua. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. That might believe. John 20, 31. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. What about Acts 8, 37? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And Acts thirteen thirty nine. And by him all that believe are justified from all things. And Acts sixteen thirty one. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Galatians 3.22. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Right. Okay. Right. I didn't see that in the highlighted like you had the other ones. Okay. Sorry. Um, and I guess this is 1 John 5.13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Right. So it's very clear. I know there's a couple of the verses that link baptism. I know people are like, you have to be baptized. And I'm like, chill, dude. Uh, there are way more verses that don't include baptism. So we can explain that. But this is not that episode. Um, but there are just a lot of verses that talk about belief, 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 belief. So the difference here between the the, the demons or the devils, what they 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 believe, right? But these are kind of explaining exactly what you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe with all thy heart. Now that one's a tricky one too. With, with believing in all your heart, that's what we were talking about earlier. This is where we add on those things like, oh, with all your heart. Um, so that means you have to repent. That means you have to die to yourself. That means you have to, you know, uh, do all these extra things. That's where they add those things in because with all your heart, how do we know if you believe with all your heart? So here's, here's the thing, right. Larry, I want to, I'm going to, I'll let you say something here in just a second. Here, here's the thing though. The salvation is a very personal thing. It's very personal. Uh, it's not something I can look at my children and look at my wife. I can't look at Larry. And there's not like a sign on their forehead that says Christian when they become a Christian. Right. Um, I, I assume and I believe that my wife is a believer because I live with her and I see her and I, I know what she confesses. I know what, how she lives. It seems like she's a believer. And we make judgments like that all the time. But it's a very personal thing, and, and the problem is we want to control that, and we, we look at others and say, you're not as good as I am, you're not living like I am, so therefore, you're not a believer. Uh, this, is, this is not the point of the gospel is to judge others. <laughs> it's to, to judge yourself right. and see if you're in the faith. Do you believe the message? And present the message to others. Let them believe it or not believe it. And let the Holy Spirit do its work. That is the problem we have. I had problems with this early on in my life, trusting that the Holy Spirit's going to get this person to where he needs to get to. But guess what? The Holy Spirit does a much better job than I do. And, and, and Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's like a wife sometimes is the Holy Spirit to a husband. Amen, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, does it work? Not usually. Not usually. It's, it's better. Well, it's just better to let God do His work rather Absolutely. than me try to fix you. Now, God uses people. 
There's right. no doubt. Sure. But it's just, it works better when the Holy Spirit convicts us. Because if there really is a, a true work going on, the Holy Spirit will work. It, he will do his work. Yeah. Uh, we're, we right. just finished Galatians and... Uh, no, we finished Ephesians. <laughs> That's right. We, we finished Galatians too. a while ago. <laughs> and um, but we finished Ephesians, and it talks about how he is going to finish that work which he began. He began a good work in you. He's going to finish it into that day. Yeah. So anyway, the last step, Larry, before I let you talk here. Uh, is to let him work. And that's really not even a step. I right. was just saying, it's, it's just to let the Holy Spirit do its thing in your life. Uh, to to it's, it's not something that you have to try to do. It's almost an anti-work. It's just to relax, rest in Jesus Christ and let, let him do his work in you. So anyway, what about the steps there, Larry? Well, a couple things, like the, the last one, just to let him work. We were talking about this earlier. I use the illustration of if you're drowning in the ocean and somebody throws you a lifeline, all you have to do is put the lifeline or the little, uh, you know, the, what do they call them? The donut thing. Lifeline? Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to help them by swimming in. You, all you have to do is rest that you're now being saved. They're pulling you to the boat yep. and you just rest in it. The other thing is the word believe. There's a difference between believing or the word believe and faith. Belief is something more concrete. It's something you accept as being true. Faith is a little more um, subjective, if you will. Okay. You're, it's more like acting on the belief that you right. have. Faithful. Being, you're being faithful. The thing that you accepted as true. Right. Well, that's what I was just going to say, because you were saying that belief, obviously, like, people are like, oh, so you don't do anything. And I'm like, look, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He wants me to do something. I do it. And, and so that's what we're, we're talking about is just resting in him, but realizing that these actions that I do to him that worketh not is the reward reckoned of grace. Or did I say that right? Yeah. Um, but he that worketh is reward reckoned of debt. That's what it says. Yeah. Of debt. And so right. I remember that verse really bothered me. Uh, I was listening to Dave Hunt one time and uh, that he, he was going over that verse. And I'm like, that just really bugs me. That really bugs me. And to, what do you mean to work not? I don't understand it. And right. when I understood it, it was life changing. And it's like people say, well, you don't do anything. Well, of course I do things. But I, now I'm doing them in by faith. I'm, I'm my right. beliefs motivate me to to act in faith and 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 live out my life but it has nothing to do with how i get saved it's it's a it's a outworking of how i got of of my salvation it's an outworking of that right paul used um i started saying moses he used abraham as an example yes he did abraham was uh counted righteous not because he was circumcised not because of he his own obedience per se it was more his faith god said something and abraham just accepted it as being true because absolutely god said it. hold that thought because we're going to get right there because we're going to come right yeah, back okay. to that i'm going to re- re- remember abraham but go ahead we're going to circle back around we're going to we're going to get back to abraham <laughs> yes okay okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay well so we talked a lot about believing but the other thing that in all those lists of how to get saved you hear is repentance. So there's a lot about repent, repent, repent. And so we know oh, yeah. repentance is a big part of salvation. So what yes, does repentance we, look like? We don't you? want to overlook this one because this one's a big one. Um, re- repentance is, so here's a bizarre thing. 
when we growing up, Larry, I'm just gonna I'm putting you on the spot. I don't even know what you're gonna say. Um, when uh, someone gets saved, what book of the Bible do most people tell them to read? John. The book of John. Very good. Yeah, yeah. They, they, that's usually the book. Like, go read John because that's a good book. Do you know that the word repent is not in the book of John anywhere in it? Repentance, repent, repented. It, it Repent is not in the book of John. But... Wait, what? I know, right? Belief is, and I'm referring to Dave Hunt yeah. again. If you don't know Dave Hunt, you should go check his workout. He's dead now, but he's a really good guy. Right. Um, yeah. But he talked about, he had a little booklet, and he got criticized for his booklet on basically uh, how to get saved or something like that. And it was basically a booklet, a little mini commentary on the book of John. And he got a lot of flack on you don't mention repentance at all. He's like, I don't mention repentance because John never mentioned repentance. So take it up with John, (laughs) you know, but (laughs) you know, repentance is, this is a very key thing because I hear this in so many circles that you have to repent to be saved. Um, Now, repentance is one of those tricky words because I actually believe that you have to repent to get saved. Now, having said that, Let me clarify what I mean by that, because repentance is, in its very nature of the word, is uh, a turning, a a changing of mind, so to speak. You you change your mind about something. You change your actions about something. You're changing. You're doing a 180. You don't do a 360. You do a 180, and you you change your mind about something. And in fact, two-thirds of the times that repentance is mentioned in the Bible— God is doing the repentance. Think about that. Go look it up. Um, but most of the time that repentance is, God is repenting. Um, what I'm saying is I, I don't repent to get saved, but I live in repentance, if that makes any sense. So according to Acts 20, 21, it says, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So there we have repentance and faith in the same verse that this is what Paul was teaching. Repentance toward God. So our repentance has to be toward something, you know, and most of the time, most people say repent from your sins. And I'm telling you, that is dumb. You, You can't really do that. Then what was the point of Jesus coming here to take the sin of the world to to do things that we couldn't do. We can't repent. That's the thing. It's too late. We've sinned. We can't make it right. We can't turn from our ways. We are we're sinners. We have sinned against God. How are we going to make that right? No amount of sacrifices are going to make that right. So he has to be the perfect sacrifice. He paid for our sin. He has made it right. So now I am living in repentance. I have changed my mind. I have changed my life. I have changed everything that I believe believe and everything toward Christ, toward God. I'm now looking toward God. And guess what? I have never looked back. So I am constantly in a state of repentance. Uh, but did I have to repent from my sins to get saved? No, I repented toward God. How did that happen? When I believed, I believed I changed my mind. I changed my mind about what I believed about God. I believed about um, my actions, about what I was, everything that I, I thought I was uh, about myself, that I couldn't do it myself. I changed my mind. I believed on the gospel. That is repentance toward God. 
That is repentance toward God, is believing the message of Jesus Christ. The problem is we have, when people say repent, and this is why I don't use the word repent, because people overuse it, use it, and they make you basically stop doing what you're doing. You know, if, so if you're sleeping with your girlfriend, stop doing that. If you're cursing, stop doing that. If you're drinking, stop. Well, if you tell a sinner to do that, that's going to be a works-oriented salvation right there. They're, they're, they are going to, they have to clean themselves up before they come to God. Well, what's the point? What's the point of Christ? Right, so yeah. uh, repentance, it's a very good subject to talk about. And I wish I had a whole podcast just on repentance. Uh, Larry, why don't you go ahead? I know you've been itching to talk about repentance. I was going to say, if it's such an important concept, then why don't we find it in the New Testament? And a great example is the, with the Philippian jailer. Yep. When he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Mm-hmm. Paul could have said, well, you need to repent of your sins, confess, and believe the gospel. That's right. <laughs> and get baptized and take up your cross. And Speak in you. tongues. Um... Speak in tongues, right. <laughs> he could have said all these things, but he didn't. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Right. So, but and the um, with Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch, same thing. There is no repentance of your sins there. It's just not there. So why do churches make it such a big deal today? If it's such an important concept, then why don't we find any examples? Well, because we use the Matthew example. When you hear, when Jesus comes on the scene, you have John the Baptist who is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus comes and repent. He's talking to Jews, and they understand this concept. It is proper for me to tell Larry to repent. Larry? What are you doing? What did you do, Larry? No. <laughs> no, it is proper as a Christian. If Larry is doing something he shouldn't be doing, it is proper for me to tell him to repent. And in that context, it is telling me to tell him to stop doing what he's doing. Uh, right. But I'm not telling yeah. him to get saved. You see the difference? I'm not saying, Larry, you need to get saved. I'm telling you, you need to stop this. You need to repent. Uh, but if I'm telling someone who's not a believer to repent, he's got to do all these things and make his life all right and all that. It's a weird message to tell someone to believe in grace through faith, but then here's a list of things you got to clean up now. You can't, you know... <laughs> yeah. but- you got to repent, dude. Bit of a contradiction there. Yeah, exactly. It's a big contradiction. So yeah. we we believe the Book of John, that salvation doesn't even mention repentance, but I, I do think repentance is a big part of it. It is an action after you believe that you face. Uh, you're facing one way. You're facing death, destruction, hell, judgment, and Christ comes into your life. Uh, someone brings you the message, and there is the light. And you see the light, and you believe the message of Jesus Christ. You take a 180 turn, turn to Jesus, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And all the things fall away because you're looking at Christ. Christ is now giving you that new life. Christ has done everything for you. Christ has done the work. Christ will get rid of your sin. Christ will do—it's His work. It's not my job to take care of all of my sins. He took care of the sins on the cross and paid for my sin on the cross. I was going to say, just like in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, they, all they could do was stand there and wait for condemnation because right. they knew they were guilty. And right. God had a different plan. He provided a means of salvation for them. Right. The other thing, you mentioned the book of Matthew. There is no contradiction when Jesus talks about repentance. Nope. This is a little bit deeper subject, but you've got to know how to divide the scriptures and know Bible doctrine to 
see the difference. Yeah, maybe we should just do one on repentance sometime because that is a it's such a big issue. We gotta we gotta wrap it up here pretty quick because we're getting late. Well, before you move on and close it up or whatever, you talk about repentance and turning toward God, but um, there it seems to me like there should be a turning away from sin somehow. Well, once again, if you turn toward God, what are you turning away from? Okay. You're turning away from sin. But it's not my—I don't need to have to worry about putting away those sins. My heart's desires, if I'm born again, the Spirit of God has come into my life. It is fun. You talk to people who are born again, they, all of a sudden their entrants aren't to go get drunk, right. to go party, to what is their heart's desire? Their heart's desire is to want to be with Jesus. Yeah. They want to do what God wants them to do. Um, it is inerrant in the Spirit. The Spirit wants to draw us to the Father. So I think that when, when that's, what, that's why I'm saying I'm constant. I'm living in a state of repentance. I'm, I'm facing Jesus. I have repented from... The world. So you turned your back right. on right. that but, stuff. But I have I've yeah. repented toward God because that's how Paul uses it. Right. it. It's his work that took care of my sin. I don't even have to take care of it. It just, it's done away with. Um, but here's an important thing we wanted to get to. You talked about Abraham there, Larry. I was telling you this earlier. I think a lot of the problem here with the gospel is we, we say, just believe, just believe. And that is true. But what are we believing? We're believing in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. That is a very important part. We're not just believing that Jesus existed. We're actually believing that Jesus is God and that he came here and lived a, a he was a 100% man, 100% God, went to the cross, died for our sins, was buried and raised again. I'm going to say those things over and over because they're very important. But it's also in Hebrews 11, there's a, a little story here. It says, uh, why don't you read it, babe? That's okay. your job. It's, it has your name in it. Through faith also, <laughs> Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So she judged him faithful who had promised. Before I get into all that, you were talking about Abraham. Right. Go, go ahead and continue about talking about Abraham and the, and the promise, because I want to go to the promise. Well, there, there are several things with Abraham. One is God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, right. even though he did not have any children. And God says, you will be like the sand of the sea and the stars of the heavens, your descendants. And Abraham just believed God and accepted it as true because God said it. The other thing with Abraham is when Isaac finally came and then he was, I believe he was grown on the mountain and God said he wanted to sacrifice him. Abraham again said God will provide himself a lamb, which is interesting because he didn't say God will provide for himself or God will provide a lamb. He said God will provide himself a lamb, mm -hmm. pointing to the cross. So one of the reasons for all this discussion is the reason the, to answer the question of why Jesus faced the temptations like we face, just like Adam faced, and he overcame, which gave him the right to become the overcoming Son of God. And he also gave him the right to be the propitiation or the substitution to die in our place so that his righteousness can be imputed to us. Right. And then we can be adopted into the family and be made sons of God and joint heirs with Christ. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, that's the, that's the, I think the key there is the promise. And what are we believing? We're believing in what God said is true. Do I believe what God said is true? That's the message 
that goes out. That is the promise. And I judge him faithful who hath promised. If I don't judge him faithful that promised, then I'm not a believer. I don't believe it. I'm still in my sins. But I judge him faithful and be like, God said it. God is going to do it. He's going to keep his promises. I believe him. And he says that those that believe in his son, he's going to save. And I believe that. I put my faith and hope in that. So if you're out there and you're wondering, you know, okay, you make it sound so simple. It is that simple. It is so simple that you just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a relationship. Jesus Christ, it's a very personal thing that you have a relationship with the Lord of glory and of the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. Uh, he he wants to have a relationship with you. He died for you so he can bring you into his family, accept you into his family, and he wants to you to be saved. And, and so all it is is just a matter of believing. Do you know him? This is the key. Do you know him? If you know him, you know that he is faithful, that he's going to keep his word, and he's going to do what he said he's going to do, and you can put your faith in that. That is gonna, that's, the, that's what saves you. All this other stuff is just nonsense. It's, it's, it's a human effort to try to prove to yourself that you really believe. What are you really putting your faith and trust in? Are you trusting in your baptism that that's going to save you? Are you trusting in your confessions? Are are you trusting in your communion? Are you trusting in your church attendance? Are you trusting in what you can do? Are you trusting in what Jesus Christ can do? That's the difference here. And all those other things, your repentance, your confessions, your baptisms, you know, all that stuff. Baptisms are good. We should get baptized. Should we confess our faults? Sure, we should confess when we've been bad. <laughs> but none of that mm-hmm. stuff is going to save us. If, if it's our efforts, it's as filthy rags, and we're not going to save ourselves. We have to bring it back to the Lord, and He is the one that's going to save us. So if you're born again, you know Him. He knows His people. I know Him because He knows me. It's not fire insurance from hell. We don't just get saved because hell's really hot. Uh, It is, and it's a really terrible place, so you don't want to go there. And you, you don't just believe it because you don't want to go to hell. You believe it because it's true and because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no way you can go to the Father but through him. No way. I, I could do there that There is right. no way. No way. <laughs> but yeah, there is no way you can get to the Father but through him. It's all through him. Don't put your trust. Is your confidence in baptism? Is your confidence in speaking in tongues? Is your confidence, if that's where your confidence is, it's a bad confidence. It's a, it's yeah. a failing confidence. Yeah. So anyway, that yeah. is exciting stuff, Larry. That is good news, isn't Amen. it? Amen. That is good news. It is good news. Amen. Yep. And if you are one of those people out there that are lost and you're not sure about your salvation, listen to this again, maybe, or whatever. just read your scriptures. Right. Go read John and put your confidence in the one who can save. Don't put your confidence in any man-made institution, any man-made rules, anything that we say uh, that's apart from Christ. Put your belief and hope in Christ. That's it. Christ alone. Right. And it's, it's not an emotional experience, although that may happen. But if you're basing it on your emotions, they change often. Sure. Right. It's like falling in love or falling out of love. You know, it's not right. that you're moved. It's... Is it is it true? Uh, what did Leonard Ravenhill right. say? Where it's not whether you were moved; it's whether you changed. Right. You know, yeah. and it, it, yeah, it's like, a good way. 
it's it's not that oh that was a moving message no 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 it's where you changed did you go from death to life did you go from dark to light that is the mm-hmm. question is christ your all in all right now Are, is that what brings you life is every moment of the day you're thinking about christ and and you're like his life and his goodness in in, in your life well if he's not and you need may, may re, uh, rethink what you're putting your confidence in because honestly you put your confidence in christ he gives you that new life that that christ yeah. life that's just really good don't you agree babe you're I just totally sitting there listening agree. okay you're just <laughs> I, need, I need my amen right and, uh, amen so anyway well, I appreciate everyone listening. Uh, I know we kind of went a little long there, but I think this was a was very needful. A lot of people get mixed up on this, and they get confused. They feel like they have to go down. If, if they don't go down, they're ashamed of Jesus somehow, or uh, they've got to say a sinner's prayer. If you, need to, if you feel like you need to pray, pray. Give thanks to God that He saved you, my goodness. But yeah, you don't need any upkeep if you're born again. Now, the body of Christ is there to help us. And, yeah. and we do help each other, upkeep each other, but you don't need to be checked on. If the Spirit of God is born within you, you'll go chase down people. <laughs> you'll be like, I need more of Jesus. So anyway, if that is you, please email me at talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. Uh, email us. Uh, let us know your experience, man. This is, this is exciting to, to meet other believers that really just put their faith in Christ alone is a wonderful thing. Any, any last thoughts there, uh, Larry? I think you got it. You you nailed it. Okay, I'm sorry I went on at the end there, but uh, got a little no, excited. Good, good stuff. It's all good. It's it's good. <laughs> easy to do. Easy to do. It is. It is. It's easy to when I talk about Jesus. It's, it makes me happy. Anyway, let's get out of here, Joshua. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Mike Charleston podcast. 